0: should take a moment and magnify him. Come on, get your mind up tomorrow and off yesterday and just say, I've come to magnify the Lord. gotta lift our hands and open our hearts and wait on it. We're waiting on your voice. We feel your divine presence.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Sing hallelujah. open my heart to you God Lord we want what you want for us oh God God I don't want to be found idle in the harvest time oh God I want to be led by your spirit oh God I don't want my gifts to be buried in the earth oh God Lord I want you to use me for your purpose Lord my heart is towards you my hand's lifted towards you, God. I want to be led by your Spirit. Come on, the Lord's speaking to some of you right now. Lord, I don't want to be distracted at harvest time. I'm waiting on you. I want to follow you, Jesus. Come on, lift your hand up and say, God, I want my hand in your hand today. Lead me and I'll follow me I'll follow I'll follow Jesus I may believe God has a plan for your life would you love the Lord today let's return to our seats what an amazing choir all of these young people How many of you seniors in the building appreciate all the young people at the anchor? Isn't it outstanding? It really is. Appreciate what God's doing in them. Amen. How many believe they have a divine purpose on their life? Praise God. I uh, want you to turn to 2 Kings chapter 4, reading with verse 1 believe in the very near future God's just going to interrupt our services midstream people are going to begin to run to the altar all over the room but here's what he wants you to do he wants you to ask him for those type of services God's wanting us to fast and pray and to give sacrificially for the harvest how many believe God wants us to fast and pray and give everybody shout invest in the harvest The Bible says in the book of Psalms, don't turn there, but it says, In the morning you will hear my voice. Every church I've ever studied that had a breakthrough, had a harvest, family members were saved, backsliders came back to the Lord, was because of prayer. Everybody shout, Prayer. Prayer. But get your neighbor say, Quit talking about prayer and pray. In the mornings here at the church, Brother Gene, what time do you come in the mornings to pray? 5 a.m. This church is open for prayer starting at 5 a.m. And uh, there's others that come. Brother Shook comes and prays. And others that come throughout the day different times. Many times there's a a flow of traffic coming in and out of the church praying. After 9 they come to the office complex. But you can come and pray. But everybody say, we're going to pray the harvest end. I want you, everybody that will, to get up in the morning, and I want you to pray for the harvest. Can you say amen? 2 Kings chapter 4, Brother Anthony, Sister Mercedes, so glad to see you all here tonight. Amen. Give them a hand. Don't we appreciate them? Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, she was a wife of one of the sons of the prophets. Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. She was saying my husband was right with God. And the creditor is come to take unto him. The creditors come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. It appears that the creditor's coming because there was some debt. That not only have I lost my husband, but it looks like I'm about to lose my boys. And Elisha said to her, what shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? I want you to ask your neighbor, what do you have in your house? And she said, are you ready? Thy handmaid, hath not anything in the house. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't have anything. It's almost the next statement was an afterthought. Brother Hyden, I, I don't have anything in the house. How many ever felt like you're so poor you didn't have anything in the house? Amen. You ever been there? I remember one time looking at the re- refrigerator the only thing in there was a bottle of ketchup. I feel like, we don't have anything in the house. Save... Bottle of ketchup. She said, I don't have anything. You'd ask me that day, what do you have in the house to eat? I'd probably say, I just think in the refrigerator, there's nothing to eat. Well, there's a bottle of ketchup in there. I don't have anything. Somebody said, I don't have anything. Save a bottle Save a <laughs> bottle of oil. <laughs> Lord, amen. My wife doesn't like ketchup. She would have certainly said, We don't have anything in the house. Then he said, Go. He didn't say, Wait. He said, Go. Somebody shall go. Borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. I'd like to preach to you. From this subject tonight, gather not a few. Look around in this crowd on a Sunday night when people tell me that people don't want to go to church on Sunday night. I think you gotta thank God for a room full of people. Amen. But I believe there's still room in the Anchor Church to gather more people. Because what God's doing is bigger than the anchor. How many know it's bigger than a church building? Glory to God. Everybody shout, gather not a few. Amen. I want you to greet a few people around you. Tell them, say, gather not a few. I'm glad you're here tonight. you. You may be seated. (coughs) Everybody shout, "Gather." gather, not a few. I've never been where she is. I've never lost a spouse. I don't even know what it feels like for someone to knock on my door and say, this is your debt. If you don't have it by this time, I'm going to take your sons as bondmen. I don't know what that feels like. Grieving over a spouse and then to think you're going to lose your kids. I can only imagine the anxiety that she felt. Somehow she managed to get a hold of the prophet. And she didn't say to him, she cried unto him. Elisha saying, thy servant, my husband, he's dead and the creditor's coming to take away my sons. And and, uh, Elisha said unto her, watch what he says. What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? I want you to look at your neighbor again and say, what's in the house? He asked her just a simple question. When she's telling him about debt, she's telling him about her husband dying, she's talking about getting ready to lose her kids, and he says, what's in your house? And, and she said, I, I don't really have anything in the house. Well, 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 well save just a, 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 a pot of oil. Something turned over in the prophet. He jumped at the response, and this is what he said, go. Somebody shout, go. I want you to understand that what she thought was minimal and not enough was more than enough to get what she needed. Can I tell this congregation today that we are living in a world that has minimized uh, Christianity? The name of the Lord is a byword to many in our culture. People just fall off the name of the Lord, they throw off uh, the name of Jesus. They use it almost in a cussing manner. As a matter of fact, some would mock us because we believe there's much power in the name of Jesus. Amen. For some, he's, he's just the character of scripture. For others, he's a moment in history but for us, we believe there's something special. It's different than just the president. It's different than just a rabbi. It's different than John the Baptist. It's different than calling upon our mom or our dad or our spouse or our kids. We believe something really happens when you say, Jesus J-E-S-U-S to us in this building is a powerful thing. I realize the world has minimized it, but I believe that there's salvation in his name. There's authority in his name, and there's power in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. Shout Jesus. The Bible says that God has highly exalted him and has given him a name that is above Every name. How many know the name of Jesus? Somebody shout Jesus. Jesus. Every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't bow now, you will bow later. Somebody shout Jesus. Jesus. The the, the scripture tells us in, in Malachi. It says that in that day there shall be one Lord And his name shall be one. In Matthew 1 and 21, the angel came down and said, Thou shalt conceive, told Mary, and thou shalt bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Oh, somebody shout Jesus. Jesus. So what would we say tonight is the name of the Son of God? When you look at John 5, 43... Jesus made a statement. He said, I have come in my Father's name. Can you say amen? Amen. Matter of fact, you will find in Luke 24, 47, he said that in repentance, Jesus said, repentance and remission of sins, Jesus said, should be preached in his name. Somebody shout his name. So the question would be, what's the name of the Father? Well, where was remissions of sins done in his name? Let me show you. Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. How many believe there's power in his name? I've had people to say, what's the name of the Father? It's Jesus, amen. John, excuse me, Isaiah 9 and 6, unto us a child is born and a son is given. The government shall be up on his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful. Somebody shout Wonderful. Counselor. the mighty God. It's talking about Mary's boy. It's talking about the Lamb of God. It's talking about the one that was born from the virgin, uh, from the virgin womb. That 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 his name's gonna be wonderful, counselor. Watch this the mighty God, the everlasting father. Isaiah said, the baby that's gonna be born, the son that's gonna be given, is gonna be known as the mighty God and the everlasting father. Father and what the somebody shout the Prince of Peace. Let me get down here with you. I don't want you to miss this point here right now because if there's one thing we better hold on to, it's the power of the name of Jesus. Somebody shout thank God for the name of Jesus. I was I was interested one time, it intrigued me to read the scripture, to find that Isaiah records and said unto us the child was born, the son is given. Government shall be up on his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful. Somebody shall wonderful? wonderful? Shall counselor? Yeah, then it says the mighty God, the, the everlasting God. Father, and the Prince of Peace. I remember sort of sitting back and look at the verse in Isaiah 9 and 6. And I thought to myself, why is there a thee in front of the mighty God, the everlasting father, and the Prince of Peace? Why isn't there a in front of wonderful? Can you put that on the screen for me tonight? Isaiah 9 and 6. Follow with me tonight if you can. Isaiah 9 and 6. Look what it says. Go on the next portion. Go on the next portion. And his name should be called what? Counselor. Oh, hold on. The mighty God. I said, I don't understand it. Why isn't there a Thee in front of wonderful? Why isn't there a Thee in front of counselor? I'm going to tell you why. Because Jesus is wonderful, but he's not the only wonderful. i married wonderful. I've got four wonderful children. I pastor wonderful people. That's the truth. I'm not just trying to flatter you, Beth. that's the truth. I brag on you when I go places. Can I tell you that he's the, he's the most wonderful, but he's not the only wonderful. He's counselor, but he's not the only counselor. We got some counselors in this room. One of them is playing the guitar tonight. He's not the only counselor. He's the best, but he's not the only one. But when you say the mighty God, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Come on. How many believe there's one throne, one that sets up on that throne? Isaiah said, I saw one sitting upon that throne. Can I tell you, that one God upon the throne wrapped himself in flesh. He became the son of God, known as Emmanuel, been interpreted God with us. Somebody shout, God is with us. Can I tell you, God has a name. He's got a saving name. He's got a powerful name. Oh, yeah, David alluded to it when he said, You come to me with a spear and a sword, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. We know that name today, and his name is Jesus, which means Jehovah has become my salvation. That's what Jesus means. Jehovah has become my salvation. Clap your hands and shout to the Lord tonight. Would you agree with me? The name of the Father is Jesus. Means Jehovah saves. Would you agree with me? The angel said the Son's name should be called Jesus. Jesus. What's the name of the Holy Ghost? Oh, yeah. John 14, 26. Throw it up here. Let's look at it. You can be seated. I'm going to hit something that's going to make a difference in this revival, in this harvest we're going to have. What's the name of the Holy Ghost? But the Comforter. Say it with me. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in. The Holy Ghost is coming in my name. He is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I submit to you that the Holy Ghost is no different than Jesus manifest in the flesh. Can I tell you that the name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus? Hold on a minute, hold on a minute. Let me tell you something. That's why in Matthew 28, 19, foot on the board here tonight. Matthew 28, 19, when Jesus was telling his disciples how to baptize, when he was telling them to baptize, watch what he said. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Somebody shout all nations. All nations. Baptizing them in the name. That's singular. It didn't say in the names of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. It said the name, one name, in the name of the Father. (laughs) Look on, look on. And of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. That's a singular name. whole lot of people baptized saying, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. But I submit to you tonight, and i got Bible to prove it, not one place in Scripture was anybody ever baptized saying the words, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. That's right. Never did in Scripture. Not one place. Matthew records, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Somebody said, well, if Jesus said it, then why didn't they do it? Because they understood who he was. They understood the name of God. They understood the name of Jesus. That's why Acts 2.38. Go here. Throw it up here. Acts 2.38. How many believe in God's infallible word? Amen. Amen. Look what it said. Acts 2.38. Then Peter, verse 37 says, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, say it with me. Repent and be every in the of the Father. Another Son, another Holy Ghost. Know what it says? It says, baptizing them, baptize, baptize every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's right. When people say the, the titles, if you will, they have not fulfilled what He wanted them to fulfill. For the same reason sprinkling is not done one time in all of Scripture. Hundreds of thousands of people around the world do that, but it's not done one time in Scripture. Why? Tradition. Sincere, yes, but not biblical. Not one place. Not one place you find where they brought somebody. How many of you have ever seen the, the movie of John, Book of John? They take Jesus out into a pond and take a handful of water and pour over his head. Do you know what the word baptism means to be submerged? I'm going to tell you how much I believe in this. Somebody's thumb sticking out of the water. I'm re-baptizing them. Because the baptism means to be submerged all the way over, under. That's right. You're not going to take somebody out to the graveyard and throw dirt on half of them. You're not going to leave their arms sticking out of the grave. You're going to bury them. That's why the Bible says in Romans 6 and 4, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we arise to walk in newness of life. In newness of life. Somebody shout in newness of life. I realize people can be sincere in their faith. Apollos was sincere in his faith in Acts 18. All he knew was the the baptism of John, and he was baptizing people wrong. That's right. And they they, they went and showed him the way of the Lord more perfectly. Look at Acts 19. Let's look at it. Acts 19. Let's see what it said. Acts 19 and 1. You okay for a Bible study tonight? I'll tell you, this is truth. I'm going to give you a Bible tonight, not an opinion. I'm not just going to give it to you the way grandma believed and great-grandpa believed. Amen. That's not going to get us to heaven. we got to know what the Bible says. That's what we need to know. How many know we need his word tonight? And it came to pass that while Apollos was at, Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, finding certain disciples, and said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Isn't it amazing that when he found a believer, he would ask him, Have you received the Holy Ghost? And I think we've got denominations don't even believe in the Holy Ghost. They'd ask them, You're a believer? Great. Have you received the Holy Ghost yet? They said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Watch what he says next. And he said to them, Unto what then were you baptized? How were you baptized? It must have mattered how you're baptized. Some people don't believe it matters so much, they just baptize on people. They don't want to offend anybody, they don't want to break any tradition. They're just saying it really doesn't matter. I'm gonna tell you I believe it matters yeah. how you're baptized. Acts 22, 16. Hold that right there. Throw Acts 22.16 up here tonight. My for the Lord right now. I'm gonna tell you why I'm preaching this because it brings conversion. It really does. We don't don't get baptized because we're saved. We get baptized because we're being saved. Come on, I'm gonna prove it to you. The preacher told, the preacher told Paul, and now I tarryst thou. Arise, somebody shall get up. And be baptized. And what? Wash away thy sins. How? Calling on the name Of the Lord, He said, "There's one Lord, there's one faith, and there's one baptism." Come on, are there any believers in here that used to believe? There's power in that name. There's power in that name. Oh, it's the name of Jesus. It's a name above every name. Woo! Throw up Acts chapter four, verse twelve. Four, verse twelve. Let's look what it says. Acts four and twelve. Neither. Is there salvation in any other? For there is none other name among heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I submit to this congregation. There's something that happens when you say the name of Jesus. Whether it's over your dinner table, whether it's on your knees in repentance, or it's in the watery grave of baptism, something happens when you say the name Jesus. If you believe it, you ought to jump your feet, clap your hands and shout hallelujah. There's power in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Somebody shout Jesus. Jesus. I come to tell you, you're in a trial. You can say, Jesus, whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord. Amen. I believe what Thomas said when he saw the nail scars in his hands. He saw the nail scar or the piercing of his side. He fell to his knees and he said to Jesus, my Lord and my God. God, I submit to you the name of God, it's Jesus. He's the answer for everything you go through. Jesus, if the doctor bids you farewell, Jesus. Woo. I depend upon it, honey. You know how I believe. I believe it's for us. I believe it's for everybody. When we were going down the highway, getting ready to turn left on Lambert Road, I'll never forget. Look in the rearview mirror. We're about to get wiped out with a car that's not paying attention at night. Brother Jones, I could see the car coming that's not paying attention. It doesn't see the brake lights. It doesn't see me stopped in the middle of 93. Whole traffic, I can't go anywhere. And I went to say it, and she caught a glimpse of it. And she just shouted, Jesus. And when she did, I saw as soon as I left her mouth, the car detour and slide around us. You know why? Because the name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous can run into and be safe. I'm telling you, young people, when you don't know what to do, you just say, Jesus. Everything come against you, you say, Jesus, there's power. I said, there's power in the name of Jesus. Go to the end. He said, I know one that's worthy to open the book. It's the Lamb of God. His name, somebody shouted, is it, Jesus. Do you believe tonight? in the redemptive plan of the blood of Jesus Christ. If you do, I want you to jump to your feet, clap your hands, and shout to the Lord. Somebody shout Jesus. Jesus. Amen. I have baptized people that have been baptized other ways. Be seated a moment. I had a man came here one time. He's a believer for many years. Put Acts nineteen back on the, uh, nineteen back on the screen. The man came to me. I'd met him in town, funerals, different events. He was burdened. I'd see him. We'd shake hands and I'd say hi, Tom, and hi, Pastor. One day I'll never forget. He knocked on the door. He was standing there in the office complex. Sister Cheryl, Sister Cheryl was there. Sister Jackie. He said, "I need to see the pastor." He came in my office. He said, I've been a believer for many years. He said, before my whole life of 15 years of Christianity. He said, I have been held by something. He said, I felt like I have dragged my sins around for 15 years. I felt forgiven. He said, but I just can't get Beyond, I've played the bass in church I've been a worship leader in church I've been involved But I just keep dragging things behind me And he said, I went to prayer And I felt like you have the answer Preacher, why am I a believer? And still dragging my sins I took him to Acts 238 I took him to Matthew 28, 19. I took him to Luke 24, 47. And I took him to Acts twenty-two sixteen. 16. And I said, because you need the name of Jesus spoken over your life in baptism. I said, when you get the name of Jesus spoken over you in baptism, sin can't stand the name. There's something about the name of Jesus that brings the blood of Jesus. Come on, dear. Come on. It's not the water that washes your sins away. It's the blood of Jesus that washes your sins away. When I said it, Brother Putnam, revelation come over his spirit. Revelation come over him. He said, I want to be baptized. Oh, Brother Michael, I brought him in here. I believe it was a Monday or Tuesday. Took him down to the altar. He prayed again. When he got up, I said, today is the first day of the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. I took him to the watery grave of baptism. Baptize him in the name of Jesus. When he come up out of the water, he was speaking another tongue just like they did in Acts 19. I'm preaching to you. Something happens when you have the name spoken over you. Do you believe that? I say pray over your babies before they go to school in the name of Jesus. You ought to marry them in the name of Jesus. Come on. You ought to pray over them in Jesus' name. Somebody shout Jesus. He said for the first time, he said it's no longer there. What was the difference? It wasn't where he was baptized; it was how he was baptized. Everybody shout in the name Amen. of Jesus. You can be seated. Acts 19 is this my lands? I haven't even got to the gathering part. I'm still on the name. Are y'all with me? I'm not boring you out there, am I? Look what it says. And it came to pass. Oh, going down, going down to verse three. He said unto them, He said unto them, until what? Then were you baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. It had its time. That's John the Baptist. Look what he said. Then said Paul, John, verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. He was a believer. But he was baptized pre-cross according to John's baptism. But post-cross, you see, If you got baptized before the cross, you got baptized without his blood being applied. I asked somebody one time, I said, where'd your church start? They were trying to battle me on doctrine. and I just don't argue with people anymore, but I I just finally said, I said, where'd your church start? And He said, oh, it started with Jesus walking. I said, Jesus and disciples were walking together. I said, well, Jesus looked at his disciples when he was walking with them and said, up on this rock, I will build my church. I said, that means while he was walking with his disciples, it wasn't built yet had not even started yet," he said. "Up on this rock, I will build it." That means while I was walking with the disciples, the church hasn't started yet. He was in the process of doing something. Miracles are happening, but the church hasn't started yet. Can you say Amen? Yes. And uh, he said, "Well, maybe, 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 maybe it started uh, uh, at a, at another time. Maybe, maybe at a you know at another place." There in Scripture, I said, "Well, let's let's think about a few verses." The Bible says in John seven and thirty-eight. It says the Holy Ghost was not given because Jesus was not yet glorified. I said, if Jesus hadn't went to the cross and resurrected yet, if your church started before the cross, you have a church with no spirit. Are you with me? Hebrews 9.22 says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. So if you have a church started before the cross, you have a church with no remission, no blood, and a church with no spirit. I said, and after the cross... On the day that Jesus ascended, the Bible said, Then open he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. See, so you have a church with no spirit, no blood, no understanding. That's a pretty good answer. But he looked at them on the day that he was about to ascend. He said, I want you to go to Jerusalem. He said, wait in Jerusalem. He said, then, watch what he says to them in Luke 24, 47. My goodness, I get so excited about doctrine. You better put it on the screen before I explode here. <laughs> Luke 24, 47. Let's look at it. Luke 24, 47. All right, quoted it, but let's look at it. He said this and that repentance and remission of sins, Jesus says should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. He said, it's going to start at Jerusalem. Up on this rock, I will build my church. You go there and wait on the promise of the Father. He told 500 that. Of course, 120 went and waited. But on the day of Pentecost, watch what he said. Acts 1 and 8, he said, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Hasn't been poured out yet, but it's about to be poured out, and it's going to be powerful. Amen. Amen. So Acts 1 and 8 here. I'm going to have to put this in a series. I can tell right now. Acts 1 and 8. Are you ready? But ye shall receive. Whoa! I think you got the power the way you shouted. Ye shall receive. Power. After. That the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me. Both in. Jerusalem. And in. And in all. Judea and Samaria. And unto the uttermost. He said it's going to start in Jerusalem. Well, I could go all night on this if you got time. Can we cancel Taco Bell for a minute and let me talk to you? Can you go home and eat some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and let me finish what I feel? Look at Acts 10, 1. Man, I'm telling you, this is what I believe is in the house. I think people in the house have minimized what's in the house. We've got the truth. It's in the house. And what we have is going to save your babies from the debt collector. I'm telling you what I feel. What we have is going to cause the harvest to be fulfilled. Watch this. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. You may be seated. He is a centurion of the band called the Italian band. That's not like your marching band, that's an army. Watch this. A devout man, one that feared God. Somebody shout. Feared God with all his house, which gave much alms, that's money to the poor, alms to the people, and he prayed to God every now and then. Always, or always, means the same thing. Was he a religious man? Did he pray to God? Was he a giver? Absolutely. Did he include his house? He had it all. It, is, it appeared he's got it all. But look what verse 3 says. He saw in a vision, evidently, about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. I love this. Because this is what's going to happen all over the region. There are going to be entire congregations that see truth. It really is. People that love God is going to pray themselves in the truth. They love God, they just don't have the fullness of truth. Come on. Neither did you. Neither did you. And we're not condemning any other denomination here tonight. I'm going to preach truth and I'm not condemning them. I just believe that God has given us a revelation. Amen. And I believe everybody should have the revelation. I believe everybody should receive it. We prayed ourselves into this. Now listen to me. Listen to me. There are people in our community that haven't been baptized like we've been baptized. Many of them haven't even been filled with the Holy Ghost yet. Just like John's disciples in Acts 19. Are you hearing me tonight? But they love God as much or more than we do. I haven't come to condemn them. i come to say what he said to Apollos. There's more. How many are glad that you saw that you could be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Speaking with other tongues. How many glad you received it? Amen. Shout Hallelujah. Be seated a moment. When he looked at him, he was afraid and said, What is the Lord? And he said unto him, Watch, thy prayers and thy alms are come up for a memorial before God. God, Cornelius knows you, his eye is upon you. You have been a memorial before him in your giving to the poor. Amen. And your prayers. Look at verse 5. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon whose surname is Peter. He lodges with one Simon a tanner whose house is by the seaside. See, God knew where Cornelius was and he also knew where the preacher with the truth was. Are you ready? Because God sent an angel to every, is sending angels to every Cornelius in this region. Every hungry believer. And I just want to know, do you believe we're the Simon Peter? Do you believe that we have the truth? Do you believe we have the answer? Come on, it's no accident that you're here. My brother preached about it. Go, go watch Wednesday night's message. He'll talk about some things in the middle of this chapter. But he shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. You pray. You give to the poor. You've got your family involved with your faith. But Cornelius, there's more. There's a preacher that's received a revelation from God. He's going to tell you what you're missing. You flip to Acts 11 in this Sunday night Bible study. Hallelujah. I think I heard somebody's belly out there growl for a little bit of Applebee's. Come on, how many know we need a little meat of God's word tonight. I'm preparing you. God, have mercy. I'm not going to get to the main point tonight, but I'll I'll continue. We're going to get to it. I even wondered in my spirit if I was going to get to it. Here we are. Watch what it says. In Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11, verse 12. And the Spirit bade me go with them. Talking about Cornelius' people that he sent to Simon Peter's house. Nothing And Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered into the man's house, being Cornelius. And he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood up, which stood and said unto him, Send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter. Who shall tell thee words whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. You pray, but you're not saved. You give alms to the poor. You're a blessing to your community, but you're not saved. You got your kids involved with your faith, but there's something missing. My, my, my. And as I began to speak. Watch this. I love it. And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. i come to tell you here today, it, the Holy Ghost outpouring was not just for 12 on the day of Pentecost. It was not just for the 120 in the upper room. It was not just for the Jewish people. Some people teach about the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. You hear me. It's for you and your children and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Come on. It's for Aaron and Cindy and it's for Finn. Amen. It's for you and your children. I want you to stand to your feet right now over this building. We need to understand today, we better not as apostolic people minimize Or devalue what's in this house. It is the element of wealth in that day. As if you had any oil in your house. It was used for so many things. From treatment and medicine and oil in your head, and in hot weather putting it on your hair to keep it from being brittle all the way down to burning in the lamps and putting light out and cooking with oil was, you could determine a man's wealth by his, by his oil. And somehow in her discouragement, somehow in her frustrations of life, she devalued what was in the house. I am here to preach to you. There is a debt collector that would love to do everything he can to take our babies And put them in bondage. Take them out of the church. And put them in a world of iniquity. he loved love nothing more. But I come to tell you, what we have in the house is not only going to set our babies free. It's going to set a city free. It is the word of the Lord. How many of you thank God for truth tonight? How many of you thank God for truth tonight? Amen. It is. The truth, it is the truth. How are you baptized? Have you been, ha, have you received the Holy Ghost? Since you believed? We haven't even heard of the Holy Ghost. What are you talking about? Well, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen when you get baptized. Oh, we were already baptized. Well, how are you baptized? John's baptism. Well, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people they should believe in him, which should come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, Acts 19, can you? When they heard this, they were baptized. They had already been baptized, they got rebaptized. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I want you to shout, there's more. What well, we got to understand, you might not have all the doctrinal ability of dissertation, but you hear me. You've got truth. Share what you know. It wasn't even the apostles that got the doctrine out of Jerusalem. it's just believers. What would happen if our believers learned to teach this? I've given you enough information right now to change the community. I really have. Go back and watch the DVD. Get, you, get this on podcast. And download it in your head. Read these verses. You got questions, I'll answer them. I'm telling you, it's the truth. I told a man one time, I said, show me one place in Scripture where they baptized the way you baptize. i give you the keys to my car. I wasn't being arrogant, I was just bold. I was 19 years old. I said, it's not in there. End up baptizing that man and his congregation at 19 in Jesus' name. You know why? Because his eyes were open. And he got in the book and realized, I've been baptizing out of tradition, instead of the way the apostles did it. Read Acts 8, read Acts 10, read Acts 19. It was always in the name of the Lord. Everybody shout Jesus. Somebody say, well, you're Jesus only. Nope, we're Jesus everything. Well, y'all, y'all treat the name of Jesus as if it's some magical formula. Not magic, but we do believe we can lay hands upon the cripple in the name of Jesus and they'll be healed. Because, watch this, I'm going to prove something to you. Paul had to address it. He said, he said, quit going and telling people, well, Paul baptized me. Somebody else come out and said, and some of you are saying, well, Apollos baptized you. He said, it really doesn't matter who baptized you. He said, quit talking about who baptized you because, watch what he said, Were you baptized in the name of Paul or the name of Apollos? He said, we're not the ones that died for you. Paul had an understanding. You're baptized in the name of the one that died on the cross for you. What was his name? Come on, do you believe something happens when somebody gets baptized in the name of Jesus? This week, everybody look over in this corner. This week, we're going to order it. We got a baptismal that we're putting out here in front of everybody. We're not trying to do away with baptism with that big technological screen. We're going to put a baptismal pool down in here where the preacher's going to get down in the water. We had a dry baptism and we decided not to do that. But just something hit me in Acts 8 because we live in a such a disconnected world. The Bible says they both went down into the water. And got submerged. We're gonna baptize people in a circular baptism right there where we can get down and watch them as a whole congregation instead of a back room. Amen. They're gonna get baptized right in front of everybody because we celebrate what we expect. You need to get your babies baptized in Jesus' name. Now, you listen to me as I talk in the Holy Ghost and the authority of God. You need to get them baptized in Jesus' name. You need to go learn what I preach to you tonight, you need to take it to your family members. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That's what Jesus said. Don't let anybody tell you any different. Baptism does matter. Baptism does matter. Baptism does matter. Get them baptized in the name of
1: Jesus.
0: I believe in the next few years, we're going to baptize thousands of people in this region and from this region. Do you believe that? Thousands of people. Because we believe there's power in his name. We believe what he did at the cross still works today. We believe, it, we believe it. We believe it. We don't believe it. Here, are you ready? You're waiting on me to go share it to your family. You're trying to bring them here for me to preach to your family. What if we just empowered you to go preach to your family? What if you just go start teaching what you've been taught you're going to get all types of questions and let me, let me comfort you I'm preparing you for a harvest they're hungry they might debate they might even get upset and if they ask you a question you don't know you know what you say? I don't know you know what I do somebody asks me some question you know you're talking to them about baptism they say where would Cain get his wife? I don't know neither do you I can't talk about what I don't know they came up to a man that was even blind and his eyes been opened. They said was it Jesus that opened your eyes? He said I don't know. All I know, I was blind but now I see. There's power in that. I don't know why I'm free. Except when they said the name of Jesus shackles begin to break. Addictions begin to fall away. I've been born again. I can't quote every verse but I know he touched me somebody say amen I'll do my best to finish this message matter of fact I'll try to pick up in the text I read but what I preach to you there's saving power delivering power have I had him standing too long brother Cody listen he didn't tell Noah are you ready for this build a boat to save your family Because I'm going to send rain and flood the earth. Go build a boat. That's not what he told him. He said, I want you to build a boat. And I want it to be this long. I want it to be this wide, this many floors, this tall. And I want a window on the top. And I want it made out of gopher wood. And I want you to pitch it within. And I want you to pitch it without. He didn't look at the New Testament church and said, just go preach and let people figure out how to be saved. Just go baptize any way you want to. Just go preach whatever you want to preach. You better not leave salvation planted into the hand of a man or a committee where intellect gets in the way of spiritual revelation of scripture. I say to you, let God be true and every man a liar. Get a hold of truth tonight. Buy the truth and sell it not. Come up here, Luke. When I was your age, I had people debate me. And I got, a hold of, I got a hold of quizzing. I got a hold of a, a Bible. And I said, God, I want to make sure I'm saved. I want to be right with you. I got a Bible out, and I started memorizing verses when I was your age. I want to know about the oneness of God. I want to know about the name of Jesus. How do they baptize? What happened to them when they got the Holy Ghost? How do they live? And I would go on long walks. God even put all my friends away from me. It was a lonely time in my life. Very lonely for a year and a half. I'm going to tell you what happened to that. I heard the voice of God. God opened his word to me in dreams and visions. Amen. Gave me revelations. I'm going to tell you that's why I am where I am. And some of you young people need to turn that ignorant video game box off until you know what you believe. You need to turn the TV off until you know what you believe my God I'm preaching to somebody in this room you are delaying you don't even know why you do what you do you ought to get a hold of that Bible in the most educated generation we've ever been in get a hold of your Bible and memorize it put it in your heart not just in your head get it in your heart honey am I too stern tonight five hours of video games a night not even five verses Bless God, we're apostolic. You're not apostolic.
1: You're carnal. 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 Carnal.
0: Those disciples that walked with Jesus were young men. I know I'm bold tonight, but our children's minds are becoming tormented with unfinished tasks called video games. They're tormented. They can't pray. They can't even love mom and dad because they're so frustrated about a level they haven't beat. Come to church and it takes 45 minutes for some of them to even feel God because their emotions have been pushed out because the devil understands the psychology and the neuro, the, the way the brain, the nerves and the brain works and, and how endorphins are released, and how all the pathways go. He knows if he can get them to stay up to 3 a.m. on Saturday night, they can't worship on Sunday. Of addiction. What would happen, Brother Nehemiah? They got addicted to that. Watch, Sister Cami taught me something. She said, she said, we don't eat what we crave. She said, we crave what we eat. What you put in your system, you're going to desire again. Come on. Stop drinking pop. In two weeks, you'll try a little bit of it. It's too sweet. Ugh. Then you do it again because that's just what you do. Then it tastes good again because you eat. You, you crave what you eat. You turn it all off. You don't care about the news. You don't care about politics. You don't care about Hollywood. You don't care about video games. Boy, you just... Jeff Arnold teaches that when the operation of the Spirit becomes uh, minimized in your life, entertainment desire soars. Your desire for entertainment soars. And if you're consumed by entertainment because there's not a work of the Spirit in your life, I'm going to tell you what I feel. I'm as bold as I've been in a long time, but you listen to this preacher. That's why some of you are waiting on me to get a hold of God because you can't get a hold of Him yourself. started with cartoon figures and family videos have turned to immoral characters that you allow in your home because it was cute 25 years ago but now they're homosexuals and they're living couples and they're doing things under entertainment we, my daddy said it this way if you want to let somebody come down and sit on the couch and do that in front of you do those immoral things in front of you. Why would you let it in on a screen? Well, it's just entertainment. Quit being deceived because it's on a screen. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. I'm being strong tonight. My brother Cody, I bought that truth a long time ago, and I am not selling it for anything. I am a hold of it. That's why we're called the Anchor Church. We're anchored in the truth. Come on. Some of you in this room that you're battling perverted thoughts, it's because of the channels you're connected to. Turn it off, get in the book, and you won't be long. You'll be loving souls and crying again, and on your knees and praying, reaching for people and loving the things of God. Why? Because you are what you eat. I hear the voice of a desperate church, I hear the voice of a mother saying, Preach her, preach her. I lost my husband, the debt collector's coming after my kids. I hear the voice of a church that said, I wonder, what are we gonna do, prophet of God? And he says, you go, what's in your house? What do you have? Oh, I don't know, I got a little bit of truth. Got a little bit of oil, of move moving the spirit. he He said go everything you need is going to be multiplied out of what you have and you hear me what is about to turn into multiplication being multiplied is already in your house did you hear me young people it's already in your house you got the Holy Ghost you got the name of Jesus you got the word of God you got everything you need to make a difference come on at 17 years old come up here Nautica run up here with the pastor they would love to put you in debt I'm not talking about money he love you, drag you out of the church into a world. But you listen, I know you're new in this and you love God. You stay in this altar. Don't let entertainment consume your mind. Fall in love with His Word. Love His Word. You can understand His Word. It's not confusing when you get on your knees and you open your Bible and you turn stuff. And God will give you revelation that you can share with people just like you. And they start crying and saying, I've been empty I'm broken. God, will you pray with me? And then you begin to pray in the hallway of a school. And somebody's heart turns toward the Lord. How old are you? Fifteen. I preached my first revival at 17. Because I had enough to be multiplied. I'm going to preach a message next Sunday morning about the shouting of the pool. But I've come to tell this congregation, you've got enough in your house to be multiplied. Cool. wait until you get it all and start just letting God do with what you have. Come on, do you feel what I'm telling you? How many of you want to take what you have and see somebody set free? Run up to this altar if you want to do that. Run up to the altar if you want God to use you in a mighty way. I want you to bellow before the Lord with a voice. Come on, I want every believer to run up to this altar. Bellow out to God. I've got a family that's lost. That's it. I've got it. I've got what I need. I've got what I need. Come on, soul winner. Come on, saint of God. Come on, saint of God. Hallelujah! Hallelujah.